Hello everybody and welcome to this game where with me Ashley and... Me, Chris. Did not like that at all. Shall I do a different one? No, it's fine. It was different. Okay. I was meant to... Yeah. Before you started, I was thinking, here we go again. Hello everyone and welcome to this game where... But you went, you started oh, no. off. You did like a nice, like a nice long and then it went higher and higher. I liked it. Yeah, it was supposed to create a sense of urgency in us so that we don't spend too long... Oh, fiddling around at the beginning but it hasn't we sp- worked. spent too long dwelling on that yep cool bad times good times good, good times time. you all right yeah you having good times i'm having smashing times how about you yeah they're they're good yeah yeah and of course the listener hope the listener is also having smashing times too <laughs> i had kfc for the first time <gasps> ever this ever? week yeah what's wrong with you where have you been well, not KFC. Uh, not not to Korea. Eh? Uh, oh, I see. I see. <laughs> I see what you did there. Got you. <laughs> yeah, Korean fried chicken. I had Korean fried chicken for the first time ever this week. Korean fried chicken is also pretty damn good, to be fair. It was really nice. Yeah. I So it was myself and a few other people were went to the, this place. Korea. And no. no, we went to this place, and it's the first time, obviously, I've ever had it, and everybody else had been to this place before, and I was like, whoa, this is lovely, it's so nice, and the rest of them were like, yeah, they've changed the recipe, and it's not as good as before, <laughs> and, and I thought, immediately, I thought, ah, oh, well, oh no, I must be some kind of Philistine, because I love this thing, and they're saying that it's the worst thing ever, but actually, I thought, I'm the luckiest person in this group, because I think this is amazing. I didn't have the privilege of trying the old version, and therefore I will go on loving this slightly subpar version of it. <laughs> so I'm the lucky one. They, they're they going to miss out in the future, aren't they? Yeah, but you don't have the, the benefits of the thing to compare it to. You have no knowledge of what it was like before. So if you're going in thinking this is like, you know, 9 out of 10, when they're saying, oh, yeah, it's, it's it used to be 10 out of 10, then I'm, I think you're the winner. Exactly. If I do find a version that's much better... As long as it's accessible, because this place is pretty readily accessible, as long as it's accessible, then that's fine. But if it's like the only way to get better fried chicken these days is is to go to Korea, then I'm going to be shit out of luck and I'm not going to be happy. Which makes me feel like maybe I should just never have K- Korean fried chicken anywhere else again, just eat it there. That would be one solution. I think it'd be a bit of a shame to be honest a bit of a shame yeah. why so to not like try other places you know because you, Tr- you might trying other versions yeah you might go somewhere else and they might do the 10 out of 10 Korean i'm not that chicken. kind of person to be honest oh. I, I will no i'm i mean i'm not i've said i will never go to any other place but i'm the kind of person that just wants to try every variation of everything ever so i will definitely if there is korean fried chicken try it and potentially ruin a good thing for myself Really wanting Korean fried chicken now. Have you had it before then? Yeah, it's good. Where did you have it? Uh, Somewhere. You don't have to be too specific. No, I can't remember. I've had it a couple of times. I think I, I had it from a supermarket, which is probably not the best yeah, version I had, of it. But I had I've, a version I've, of it from the supermarket. It was bad. Definitely. Really bad. Definitely had it at a restaurant somewhere. Right. Cool. That's a good story. You got any better ones? <laughs> no. 
I'm sorry. Okay, cool. In that case, I'm going to tell you about this week's game. Lovely stuff. This week's game is this game where you play the most feisty individual of a particular species, very particular species, destined to be endangered, who, ironically, spends the whole game running away from the player and headlong into their destiny, presumably. In reality, they are hunting kiwi birds. I was going to say Crash Bandicoot, but the kiwi birds thing put me off. And then I was also yeah. thinking Taz, but I don't know if there's any games where Taz runs away from the player, because I'm guessing that's some sort of reference to Taz, the camera position. Taz, Tasmania. Taz yeah. Tasmania. Yeah. What, what makes you say that? There was something in the way you delivered the first bit that said about a creature, one of a creature or something. Yeah, the most feisty individual of a particular species. Yeah. That's what made me think mm. of Taz. Is it Taz? It's Tasmania. Yeah, ah. that, I'm really impressed that you got that because most of the most of that description is not relating to the game. What can I say? Is that a record? We're 139 episodes in, and I've I've got it off something fairly ambiguous. I was impressed. Let, let's leave it at that. Right, but I'm sure right. it's not the first time that you've impressed me. So, nor is it something that you should try and do because it doesn't really matter if you impress no. me or not. It's fine. There are quite a few Taz games. Yes and no. Yes and no. I had one on the Game Gear, which is a side-scrolling platformer. Yeah. Uh, there was mm. one on the Mega Drive that I remember reading about in a games magazine around the mid-90s where Taz gets abducted by Marvin the Martian and goes up to, to space. And or, I thought it sounded really amazing because it sounded so weird. I've never played it. And then yep. I don't know if there's any other ones after that, actually. But I'm, I imagine there probably are. Yeah, there kind of are and there kind of aren't. This is one of those games that, depending on what version you had, you will have played something completely different. And it didn't really get any more different than the SNES version. The SNES version of Taz was not a platformer. The rest of the Taz games, Tasmania games, were all platformers in the sort of character platform style yeah. of the early 90s. This, though, I mean, I don't really know what the genre would be because it's like a proto-endless runner, except the levels have endings. And I think the best My Crash description of it... Yeah, it's kind of, it kind of is that, but that is a, that is a platformer. This is not a platformer. This is, I, I would term it, a road runner. It's, it's kind of a, a cross between an endless runner and a racing game. Okay. So, yes, it's an interesting thing, and it was unlike anything else that was around in the Taz um, games at, at the time. So is this one of these games where a game, a title gets released on multiple platforms, but is developed by multiple developers and therefore is different in, maybe slightly different, but then in massive, there's like, it could be a different game in some cases. Is this one of those times? So I played the Game Gear version that was called Taz, that I think came at 93, 94. This is the SNES version that was also called, called Taz, but is is entirely different to what I played. Yeah, so many developers and publishers were involved in this. So the Game Gear version that you played was created by a studio called New Effects, spelled N-U-F-X, cool. for the 90s feels. I was just going to say that's very NU, 90s. N-U is kind of sort of early noughties, more sort of yeah. early noughties, I would say. So they're ahead of the game, because this is 1993. Uh, these games came out. I remember uh, F FX, like the the letters, like F and X standing for effects. Like when someone explained that to me, I thought that was amazing. That was definitely a thing as well of the time, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, Technical Wave, they did the Master System version. Recreational Brainware, 
They did the Mega Drive version. <laughs> These developer Never names are so good. I know. <laughs> Beam Software did a Game Boy version, and then David A. Palmer Productions did a different Game Boy version. Oh my god. <laughs> Lastly, but certainly I don't think leastly, Visual Concepts did the SNES version. So that's six. That's just the developers, though. Six different games, all called Taz. Yeah. Publishers. Wow. Sega for all of the Sega platforms. Sunsoft for the Nintendo platforms. Well, Sunsoft for the SNES and one of the Game Boy games. And then THQ for the other Game Boy game. So three publishers, six developers, all working on the same franchise. I'd like to say that the the franchise warranted all that fuss and hoo-ha. Does it? Yeah, it absolutely does. So this was... So anyone that doesn't know Tasmania, I would recommend looking it up. Tasmania was actually one of the biggest sort of Warner Brothers affairs of the time. It it ran from 1991 to 1995, and it was everywhere. The games all came out in 1993, so it was right at the top of the hubbub around Tasmania The apex of the the cartoon series, which, uh, before I just jump in, uh, I absolutely hated. I thought it was terrible. Ah, that's unfortunate for you. Yeah. Why? What What made you hate it? I just, I, I like the character of Taz. Like, I, I grew up kind of four, five, six. Like, my, my grandparents had a few Warren Brothers cartoons. That's the way like, most people went, VHS. like, four, five, well, six. Very few n- numerically. <laughs> Very yeah. few. There are there are exceptions. Um, and I, I really like the character, the, the, you know, the classics from the 40s and 50s. And then this cartoon series that came along, I mean, this this is going to make me sound as a six-year-old really precocious. Um I, I just I didn't like all the the extra characters. I thought they they detracted, oh. and I, I didn't really find them very interesting and found so, them irritating. It was it was fairly standard for the nineties, I think. Certainly a cartoon effect uh, thing. If you think like Ren and Stimpy, that had a lot of um, extras. Yeah, they and, were interesting. Um, Looney Tunes, they were all all over the place, and Animaniacs, who this was in the same warehouse uh, of Tasmania, was like a an extra. To the Animaniacs. Yeah, I loved Animaniacs. I just didn't like Taz. Yeah, that's interesting. That is interesting. It was it was um, pretty cool in so much as the voice of Taz. Do you know who voiced Taz? Um, We've talked about him recently. Orson Welles. No, unfortunately not. That would have been interesting. But it is interesting nonetheless because it was Jim Cummings who also voiced uh, okay. Winnie the Pooh and the King. In Toonstruck. The other person that rocked up in Toonstruck, Dan Castellaneta, he also plays characters across Tasmania. Okay. So, um, I would have kind of expected that one, that you might have known about at least Dan Castellaneta, but no. two, that that might have given you a bit of a an impetus to find enjoyment in it. Now, when I was when fine. when this was on, I was I said six or seven, and just I uh, just I wasn't as invested in kind of the the pedigree behind it at that point. I no, was just I fine. wanted something to to entertain me. Yeah, Sunsoft. Do you know Sunsoft? You do know Sunsoft. Well, you, I know you do. But... You gave me a cheeky little look when you said Sunsoft, so I know that there's going to be something, but I can't think what it is. Uh, well, I'm not. We won't go into it, but Sunsoft were a massive um, publisher at the time and did lots and lots of games. We have talked about several of them at this point, but one of them was Lemmings. There, there were the Sunsoft levels, of course, related to Lemmings, uh, and I think that was the first time that we covered a Sunsoft game mm-hmm. on the podcast. Um, so yeah, but basically, oh, and visual concept. I should concepts. I should probably uh, point out that there is pedigree there, and that they're actually still going. They started off doing quite interesting and and changeable things, but they found a rut very early on. Uh, it's sort of mid nineties where they started working on the big 
the big, big sports franchises. Now they're the development studio for WWE okay. franchise, uh, the NBA stuff. I can't remember what that's called. Two All 2K22 stuff, you know? The ones that are really confusing so do... names. Yeah, exactly. Um, so we won't dwell on them too much. That, okay. that is all I really have to say about uh, visual concept. Before we get into anything else about the game, I've got two gripes. Well, what, I've got one gripe about the game, and I've got one thing to point out about the game that is uh, slightly less jovial. Okay, so oh. or, or more about Tasmanian devils and Tasmania himself. So the first one, I'll get the gripe out of the way. Taz in this game is hunting kiwi birds. Right. The problem being what? Oh, yeah. The problem being that kiwi birds live in New Zealand and Taz lives in Tasmania. Yeah, so that's a point off in the review at the end. Uh, uh, it's not okay. <laughs> oh, d- does it matter? Does it, it matter? matter really. there, it, it's, it, it's all the same, isn't it? Tasmania, New Zealand. Oh, no, that's bad. You shouldn't <laughs> say that even in jest. Come on, you're better <laughs> I'm, than that. I'm joking, I'm joking. I hope so. I'm not even sure it's a good joke. You're a bad, bad man. Yeah, I was saying that in a silly way. Uh, the second one, I'm not. Um, okay, so, so serious, serious turn. Yeah, serious so turn. what I didn't realise, and I found out in the course of uh, looking at the, looking into Tasmania for the game, is that while Tasmania was riding high in the mid early to mid nineties, um, and sort of making a name for the Tasma- Tasmanian devils everywhere? I say everywhere; they only live in Tasmania. But the Tasmanian devil species was actually hitting its uh, roughest patch ever, uh, because there was a disease that sort of sprung up called devil facial tumor disease. Jesus Christ! Yeah, <laughs> so. Tasmania, Tasmania, Taz, was making a name for the whole species. And at the same time, the species was uh, sort of coming under attack from this disease. The disease took them from a about 140,000 individuals in the wild uh, to what looks to be about 20,000. Wow. Now. Um, and they, in 2008, they were declared an endangered species. So it's a real shame. I, I mean, I, I know that sounds trite. In fact, it does sound trite going, it's a real shame. Uh, but it's just, to me, it was quite interesting that Tasmania became such a thing at the very time that Tasmanian devils became... Not a thing. ...came under threat. Yeah, yeah. I, so I wanted to sort of um, mention that. Tasmanian devils, the actual animals, look nothing like Taz. No. They look like... No. Like, almost like a badger or something. Is that right? They, they, uh, yeah. No, not really. They look they look rodenty. Yeah, more like little, rodenty than a badger. Little four legged they're, they're, they're super aggressive looking animals. I think it's the Tasmanian devil, and I didn't research this. This is just one of those things that's stuck in my head. But I think Tasmanian devils are the ones that during sexual intercourse they look the male locks onto the female's neck and just spikes down on her neck for the whole of the Congress. endeavor. Yeah, that's a better word for it, for it than endeavor. And it lasts quite a long time as well. So it is quite aggressive and not not entirely pleasurable to watch on a Saturday afternoon. Well, if you're the one dirty people watching them, maybe you should be getting a new hobby. <laughs> um, is, yeah, is, exactly. that, is that where they get the devil like, re- so, re- yeah, reputation like from? quite aggressive from what I understand. But I didn't research any of that because it wasn't entirely relevant. I didn't realize it was going to... Uh, come up no, it's, damn it no it's fair it's um, it's they're they're an animal that i only know about and i imagine most people only know about because of taz if taz hadn't existed it is they're probably one of those animals that just you know yeah 
you know, occasionally you always see on like a David Attenborough program or you read about it in a book and like, oh, didn't know that existed. Um, my daughter was actually reading a book this afternoon that a, 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 a monkey got mentioned in it called a Siamang. All right. S-I-A-M-A-N-G. Never heard of it before. And to me, Tasmanian Devils, if Taz hadn't existed as a character, they, I think, would be that. Would be that. Yeah, that's kind of what I was trying to get at with that story about the disease that took a, took out a large proportion of their uh, species. Because without Taz, Tasmanian devils wouldn't necessarily have been on the map as in the way that they were. And yet they were also being wiped off the map at the same time as, as sort of entering the zeitgeist uh, for millions of children around the world. Well, bitter uh, I didn't tell it. I didn't tell it very well, but that was the point that I was trying to get. So thank you for sort of spinning back around You're and allowing me to make it slightly better. Um, the game then. So none of it's really been about the game. Uh, the game is separated into five acts and each of those acts has three main levels and a bonus level. The gameplay is pretty consistent throughout. Have I explained the gameplay? I forget. You, you said it's like Crash Bandicoot running away from the camera, almost like crossing an endless runner with an end and a racing game. Yeah. And it all takes place on roads, on asphalt. Um, you are running along the road and the kiwi birds will pop up on the side of the road on the left and the right. And you can control Taz to the left or the right and sort of grab out to the left or to the right. At the same time, you'll have obstacles coming at you from the opposite direction. And there will be crossroads, I think, that you can also have obstacles coming at you from right. either side. Your job is to avoid the obstacles, don't get hit, don't run into anything, grab the kiwi birds... Each of those levels, over the course of five acts, uh, three le- three main levels and a bonus level, so 20 total levels. Over the course of each subsequent level, there'll be more Kiwi birds that you have to get in order to progress. Right. So, and it's really as simple as that. Oh, it's not quite as simple as that because characters from the TV show will also pop up from time to time. Mm. And I think at least one of them... Oh, terrible. I know. At least one of them will is inclined to give you power-ups, one of which is springy shoes. Now... I don't remember the game well enough to to remember how any of those work. I also don't really remember... I remember that there are obstacles, but I don't remember it well enough to remember what the obstacles were. Mm-hmm. So we're going into it pretty blind. I figured that it was probably better not to to learn about those before we play. Um, so I haven't. It just um, sounds like that whole gameplay concept you just described, I was thinking in my head, like, you know, Temple Run, there's a, there's a Minions one, there's Sonic dash these games are temple run i think was about 10 years ago like that mm. was for me like i remember temple run coming out and like people going absolutely bananas for it and it's what spawned all these sonic and, and minions and other ones i'm sure like I, i'm I, I cannot believe that there was a game that came out 15 years prior to even that that did the same thing yeah i'm almost certain that this isn't the first game that's done something like this okay. I, I don't know if there is one but i my guess would be that it's a simple enough concept mm. and therefore surely was done at some point earlier on maybe with less finesse maybe with le- maybe with a smaller uh fr- or no franchise backing it mm. so but for me this was certainly the first experience i had of anything like this it kind of when i was playing it so i borrowed this off uh, a neighbor the neighbor had previously had had a snes i this neighbor is also the neighbor that i played a link to the past with for the first time so that was quite an impression and he had this game never really played it but he then got a nintendo 64 and became very free with lending his game so i borrowed this at one point for quite a long time and played it quite obsessively remembered really quite enjoying it but other than that it hasn't made a huge impression the one impression it did make was visually i seem to think that playing this is is a lot like playing the cartoon oh okay like i 
I don't... So, yeah, I think it's like playing the cartoon. At the same time, I'm very, very prepared to to be disappointed, to be disabused of my rose-tinted glasses on that specific um, level. I'm probably, you know, this is really minutiae. Do do you remember the the plot? You know, what's the reason? Why is Taz collecting all these kiwis? Because he's hungry. Okay. Right. This that does relate to what I was going to say. Uh, every level, and I don't remember this either, but every this is very nineties as well. Every level culminates with Taz saying a line, and they're all very, very nineties sort of things. So one of them is eat my Taz. shorts, cowabunga. <laughs> ah, very close. Uh, one of them is I. I'm sure it must be a, a, a reference to the Terminator because that is the only thing in that in that particular period that that used the term bad to the bone you know the song bad mm. to the bone that yeah. was in that was in terminator 2 uh taz says taz bad to the bone at the end of one of the levels he also says taz really cool and oh, he God. also says he also says taz awesome uh they go on there are there are there are as you can imagine because there are 20 levels there are 20 <laughs> of those lines some of them are just like taz really hungry so that that's so, your award um, for completing level. It is just hearing this, this two second soundbite of yeah, Taz yeah. followed by an adjective, effectively. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I've got the list here. So oh, great. I mean, one of them, Taz need bicarbonate. That's very specific. As in bicarbonate of soda, I presume to to settle his stomach after eating all the kiwi birds. <laughs> I'm sure that is it. The first that's one's fairly ludicrous. Yeah, the first one's pretty down the line. It's Taz stuffed. Taz stuffed. Uh, no, what Taz needs to floss. Right. Uh, Taz hate water. Taz sleepy. It's um. Oh, it's, it's never ending. It's the gift it's, that keeps giving. Uh, no, it definitely does have an end. It's it, it's after twenty levels. Apparently, I was supposed to mention Roadrunner earlier, mm-hmm. and I didn't because my note says mentioned Roadrunner earlier, but Roadrunner does actually appear in the game. So there you go. That's a nice bit of uh, synergy across the, the Warner Brothers cartoons, That's I guess. definitely the right word for it, isn't it? You could have chosen a much warmer word, but you chose to go the business route. And I think, to be quite honest, there's a level of cynicism across the whole Warner Brothers cartoon world, certainly uh, around the 90s, that deserves to be called out. So well done. Thank you. What I should have said after that list is the thing that I noticed reading that list earlier. Taz is always talking about himself. In third person. That, yeah. Yes, in the third person. So Taz is uh, presumably some kind of narcissist with it, nothing to say if it's not about himself. That's quite quite a leap you're making, but I, I can see that. Is it? He spends, he spends a whole game, 20 levels, where all he does is feed himself silly on kiwi birds, endangered by the way, and he wasn't at the time. The kiwi birds were. He spends the whole game eating an endangered species... And commenting on his life. It could play about being full um, as a result sure? of that. Yeah. Are you sure that he's not a narcissist? I'm not. I've never really thought about it before. Because t- to me, his character is just him making horrendous raspberry noises. And just doing that spinny thing and zooming around. Like I, I, I found it quite And wrong, expecting but... everyone to accept his outrageous behaviour. Yeah. question. And yeah. I don't know. You don't really oh. think about his con- the consequences of actions or the, the effect it has on other people. Oh, it's just Taz. That's what he's like. Sounds leave him, like leave a narcissist to, it. to me. Hmm. Just saying. Uh, that's all I've got to say about the game, uh, at least for now. I think if we play it, I might have a few more things. Chris Reddy. Oh, no.
Tasmania or Tasmania? What do we think? Oh, you've just butchered that one. I hand you a gem. Hmm. You totally destroyed it. I don't know what to do with you these days. These days? I think I... Right, so... I think it's both. There you go. Explore. Right. I I think it's pretty good. I've been very impressed with it. Yeah. I think it's pretty good. I'm quite impressed with it. I don't want to play 20 levels of it. Oh, yeah. Definitely. So, Tasmania, yes. Thumbs up. But, on the Taslamia side, too much. Too much of a good thing. Yeah. Without enough... I think the yeah, so too much of a good thing without enough variation in order to or novelty to to make it to give it legs. Yeah, I think. But yeah. let's before we start talking about the negatives, maybe let's talk about the positives because there's a lot to celebrate. Well, this that's, game. The, that's the that's the half. I think that's the half. That's that's the that's the podcast done, isn't it? No, we need to We're talk done. about it. That's the point. Okay, tell us why. Tell us why then it's good because I, I kind of think it, we've done ourselves a favour getting the negative out of the way. It's been it's said we've done it. Now we can just talk about okay why we actually like it. Yeah, fair. Yeah. Uh, well, firstly the visuals. I think it looks incredible. I can't believe this game came out a in 1993 and also b on a SNES. Well, I can't believe it came out on SNES, but like yeah, it just it looks so good. Like it it looks like the cartoon. I would stop short of saying that because I have a very distinct memory of how I thought this game looked and yes it does look good but no it doesn't look like I remember it looking it's very very close though to being that good just not quite there yeah so yeah I'm not as I'm not as disappointed in that as I thought I was going to be I don't know if I said it in the first half but one of the things that I was slightly aware of is that surely this game can't look the way I remember it looking and no it doesn't but it doesn't fail to the degree that I was anticipating it failing mm. on that front so that was kind of a nice surprise so the, the level layout we, we both said that it reminds us a lot of road rash you've got the, the the track you're running along the road and then either side of it you've got trees buildings all that jazz and then you are concentrating on what you're doing in the middle and that the look of it is very gamey like your road rush super hang on is another game we've done that it, it played very similar to but the character of taz and the things that pop up alongside him the characters from the tv show itself which was another nice surprise as well they look like cell by cell like they have been taken from the tv show and that kind of not just position but that kind of that that game world with these cartoon characters in it i thought looked stunning Everything in the game looked nice. The animation throughout was pretty nice. The there, there was a pterodactyl that swooped down and took me away at one point, and that was just very well rendered, very well uh, animated. I really appreciated the bits as well that leaned into it being a cartoon, such as the classic when a truck comes towards you and it hits you, you then have the whole flattened like piece of paper thing, like um, Chris Floyd's character in he framed roger rabbit or when yeah. you run into a tree you've got the thing where taz stumbles back and he's like a concertina and he then staggers left and right a little bit and then he then gets himself up again and carries on running like those little things proper classic warner brothers yeah and i think they speak to the fact that taz very much is the standout of the game as is right i think in in so much as he looks he looks completely on point mm-hmm. and the way that those animations play out are very as you say of the tradition 
of of cartoons and especially the Warner Bros. Looney Tunes style cartoons. So really good to see. On that note, the introduction to the game where you've got that traditional Looney Tunes yeah, brilliant. Spi- spiral or circle, isn't it? Sort yeah. of a circle Through circles. That, that goes in. Um, concentric circles, isn't it? Yep. And uh, then Taz comes in off the off one side and does a few animations. It uh, does a few sort of spins and things. And I thought that was a really good way to set the tone for the game. With and, the classic uh, music playing as well. Yeah, yeah, the, the Looney Tunes music playing in the background. Um, and then that's carried over between levels as well, where you get these moments of transition that play on the same thing. And, and I was skipping those, which apparently was a bit of a mistake because you told me that there were situations where other characters were coming and interacting with Taz in between the levels. Before Act 2, he was he ran from right to left and then was chased back again by a female Tasmanian devil, which I looked into is apparently She-Devil. Yeah, which is... So Is there were a couple of characters. There was his mum and there was his sister. Well, I, I think She-Devil is... Was that his love interest? Like I said, I, I wasn't that invested in the TV show to, to, to know off the top of my head, but I just I remember that bit of information. Here we go, he's typing, he's finding out. Yep, you're right. He, she was his love interest. Also, though, I found out in uh, looking that up, voiced by Mel Blanc, who oh. is a big wig. Yeah. Like a bit, a big deal. And then after Mel Blanc died, uh, voiced by uh, Brendan Fraser, of all people. Wow. So yeah, currently wow. sky- skyrocketing to success in the whale. Absolutely, yeah. And voicing de- a f- deservedly a f- so by all accounts. Voicing a female Taz. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> Mel Blanc and Brendan Fraser. That's perhaps the best tidbit I've found in this whole sorry saga. I mean, that sounds like a answer to a pointless question or a pub quiz round at some point. It does. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um. Yeah, so there you go, uh, she devil, and that, and she is in. Do you say between Act One and Act Two? End yeah, of Act she, One, beginning of Act Two. Yeah, she she came in, chased him off the screen, sort of pursuing him. Um, but she she basically is Taz with lipstick. I mean, it's the the classic Warner Brothers thing where you've got a character, and then the female equivalent is just put some lipstick and some makeup and maybe some clothes on when the male version doesn't have clothes. But that's a separate conversation. Alapacman. You've talked about how Taz is really brought to life in this game as well. A link to that as well. I really like how when you're controlling him, there's lots of different actions you can do that again link into that idea of him being a cartoon character. You can do the classic Taz spin thing, which I really enjoyed doing and was bezzing through levels, spinning left, right, and center. And then realized that the problem with doing that is while it does make me feel like Taz, I was then going through far too quickly and missing loads of things. So it is a good move to have in your arsenal, but something you can sort of pull out as and when it's quite nice, for example, to use it if a a bus is coming up behind you you can quickly get away from it the spin was useful because it meant that you uh, you were for all intents and purposes invincible the only thing that could really take you out were vehicles um running into trees wasn't a problem and and so forth uh but it was difficult to control and i think the further you get into the game the more you would have to use that as well because there are points where the kiwis were able to get away from you they had the kiwis themselves were interesting they were a bit more nuanced than I expected them to be because they could they could put the brakes on. They ran at a, a regular speed and every so often you'd be running to catch one up and it would just put the brakes on immediately and, and end up far behind you. They could also jump over you and jump from one side of the road to the other and they could also speed away at, at 
very fast speeds. So presumably your way of countering that is to use that Taz wind up yeah. power and chase them down. But but those that Kiwis is difficult to control. So the there is an element of decision making mm-hmm. in as much as I don't really want to use that if I don't have to, but there are gonna be points where I have to. But the Kiwis, it started off with them just running alongside Taz, and it was the, the way the whole game worked actually was very cumulative. That you kind of this element will get introduced, and then another element will get introduced, and then the next point you've got both those two elements working together, and that was quite nice. You know, the, how far we got in the game, like you sort of having to navigate lots of different hazards, but also different enemy types, and then the Kiwis doing this as well. And I, I watched on uh, YouTube, I didn't watch the whole thing, but there's a 55 minute long let's play video, and I've just hit the last level to see what it looked like out of curiosity. And it is just more of the same, but just on a kind of on a much, much higher difficulty setting. Yeah, I've kind of assumed I don't know the answer to this, I don't expect you to either, but I've kind of assumed that every level introduces a new thing to to take you down because that was what was happening up to the point I got to every single level had a new obstacle and there was there was trucks that well they started off with cars coming at you um and buses and then there was deep water at one point that you could fall into and then there was puzzle there were puddles in the road that would slow you down if you ran through them uh pterodactyls that would come and fly over you and if you jumped they would carry you back to the level that you've already been through and i think even more than that are trucks that can run you down from the uh crossroads i thought that was quite interesting Mm -hmm. and also on that there were stop signs so the uh, green and red lights that at those crossroads and if you was if there was a truck coming the stop bit would uh, be showing didn't notice that um mm, i thought it was a nice touch and i can only imagine level 20 after 20 different of uh, different ones of these obstacles have been added and, it, and it's accumulated to the point where you've got 20 of them that just being absolutely manic and painfully difficult thankfully i didn't get there thankfully I didn't have the skills to get that far yeah uh, and unfortunately, I... the inclination, but we won't go into that too much because we've already covered it right at the front. Another thing in terms of Taz's moves that I was really impressed with was the fact you could go backwards. So you could actually, rather than running away from the camera, which is what the whole point of the game is, you can, if you've missed something, a Kiwi, you can make start, put the brakes on, and then start coming towards the camera. And that is something, I don't remember a game that we've played like this, your Road Rash, your Super Hang On. I don't remember that being something you could do in that. And that just that slight tweak to the gameplay was really nice. Mm. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it was there, used it? very few and far between. I was only really using it if I managed to overtake a Kiwi of accident rather than waiting for it to come springing across. I could turn back and try and get it because you had the rear view mirror that popped up in the bottom corner. So if a Kiwi was getting towards you from behind, you could turn around to try and intercept it. Um, but yeah. it's, it's beyond that. It's not really something you'd ever really need to use. But... I was appreciative that it was there. Yeah. I think there are other minor scenarios where you might have to, might want to use it, where, such as if you miss a power up that the dingo guy uh, Mm -hmm. offers you and you have to turn around and sort of get behind it and chase it down. Um, But yeah, as you say, it's, it's very few and far between, but it's there as an option. Oh, yeah. There was another option in terms of just to, with Kiwis, that, you could actually control the speed you were running. So you didn't have to full pelt all of the time. Yeah, this is something you I didn't slow quite down. master. Yeah, you could slow down and you you did that in much the same way that you might drift turn um, in Mario Kart. You would sort of finesse the forward button, the up button on the D-pad. 
you would finesse that slightly and sort of press down a, a, a little bit and then take your finger off and then press it down again and sort of massage it. Um, and that would help you to keep up some momentum but take away some of the speed. And then the, the Kiwi would catch up to you and you would be in line with the Kiwi. And I think that actually is probably more important the further into the game that you get. Yeah, because, I think so. Because the Kiwis can abruptly stop as they as they were often doing in order to catch those ones. So I think it's probably in your best interest not to stop or to turn around and go backwards, but to try and maintain a level of forward momentum whilst also allowing that Kiwi to catch you up. Mm-hmm. If you don't do that, I think you'd be in danger of failing the levels because you're not going to catch the other ones. So you talked about something early on. You were sort of talking about you you weren't sure about it because of the element of luck. And to clarify that, because I did clarify it for you, to clarify that, because I did clarify it for you off, off um, mic. So you were saying... You have to be lucky with the Kiwi spawns. Yeah, I was I was thinking that the way the Kiwis turned up in the game was that it was just a bit random. That you know, you, you, So the first level, you had to catch three Kiwis over the course of three minutes, and it was very steady, and that was pretty easy to do. Then the next level, it went up to five Kiwis alongside these extra things. Then it was seven Kiwis, and you, you, know, you get the idea with that. And mm. I kind of got the feeling that you know there was in level three, act three, stage three, whatever when you're trying to catch seven kiwis, that it would just be that the game would spawn them in at random. But you said that it's more like a a proper platform level where at this point in the level, there will be a kiwi. And then it's your job to try or your task to try and maintain the speed in order to get it. And I, yeah. rather than being luck, I think you're right. I think it is, it's, it's the platform element. Yeah, they it, they can. So they're pre-programmed, yeah. I believe. They're I, not, that's the they're not just about. randomly popping up at, at random times. I think when you get to a certain point in the level, a kiwi is present. The 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 wrinkle in that is that they can get away from you either forward by chasing uh, by running away from you very fast, or backwards by putting the brakes on and disappearing in your rearview mirror. They're the ways that you can fail. But I I also think there are enough of them that if you miss a couple, certainly in the first few levels, you will easily catch up to your goal. Yeah. That that um. Pardon me, sorry. That room for manoeuvre, I think, is it, it disappears the further through the game you get. But yeah, I don't think it's a random assignment of of Kiwi spawns. I think it is very pre pre prepared. Last thing just to mention then is that there are birds that that sort of uh, swoop down and fly around Taz as you're going through. And I said to you, what are they there for? And we realised that they were there as points. That these little bluebirds reminded me of like the the flickies in in Sonic that they fly down and then you can then grab them instead of the kiwis if you want to and they are points so there's there's a point system in the game as well and i thought that was good because i know we've sort of it's taken as many episodes to get to this point of sort of poo-pooing the idea of points but having played donkey Kong relatively recently i, I kind of now understand points as being like a, an alternative way of playing the game that you can use that score to try and compare and compete with other people so i thought that was nice to have that element of gameplay in there as well i don't think points are always bad and no some, that's the realization some places, i've gradually come yeah, to some places they work donkey kong might be one of those places more so here i think they work here they they mesh very well with the gameplay mm. so um yeah i think if anywhere this is a good place to uh, utilize a point system so after this oh who's the developer of this game sorry Visual concepts. Visual concepts. Did they 
go on to other things after this. Were they they the ones that ended I up doing all the support? I already told you that, mate. You did just clarifying. She fires lots of lots of developers at me at the start. And it's, it oh, I'm so sorry. A, a bit too much for me to. to cope I thought with. you were a big boy that could handle it. Sadly not. Um, I'm guessing this game's not available anywhere. No. no. <laughs> what a what a what a contemplation. Uh, no, <laughs> this is not available anywhere. No, it was very much of its time. Rightly or wrongly, this is the this is the uh, eternal conflict of preservation, isn't it? Because this is not going to be available going forward. Just just not going to be available by normal means. It's a perfect example, actually, of why this needs to be dealt with because nobody's got a vested interest in preserving this and yet you were quite astounded because it seemed like a proto endless runner mm. style game uh, and well and the, the, the gameplay but also that's the, the look of it as well yeah it's it's part of a, an ongoing ever evolving dialogue um in a in an artistic medium and I think it has a fairly important place, at least as far as I understand that specific strain of the conversation, the the endless runner style um, racing hybrid type thing that is Tasmania seems seems like it might hold a reasonably important place mm, in I that so. in that dialogue. So it's a really really good example of why game preservation should be taken far more seriously than it is. Because in a hundred years' time, when everybody has forgotten, when everybody has forgotten Tasmania as a franchise, should it be forgotten as a game? I'm not. I'm not really sure. It should. I. I think that it should. We shouldn't be talking about the birth of the Endless Runner with Temple Run. Yeah. You know? Yeah. We. It started way before that, and and I'm not. As I said in the first half, I'm not saying that it was the first or anything like that. I don't know well enough, unfortunately, to to be able to make that claim. But um, but it certainly has its place. Mm-hmm. But not available anywhere but, else, so plenty of people won't play it. It's also infinitely playable, at least for four or five levels before you get a bit bored. <laughs> infinitely playable for a bit. Oh, as I said, yeah. it's on YouTube. If you want, if you fancy have a look on there, yeah. For my for what it's worth, I was glad to play it today. Yeah, I was. I enjoyed like, it. There's so many games that you come back to and you go, "Oh my gosh, this I love this." Now I hate it, and. This wasn't one of them. This is one that I remember enjoying a lot and was expecting to maybe go on that horrible ride of realisation mm. and didn't. So that's always nice. Yeah. Well, hopefully uh, next week we'll yield... Well, obviously next week we're doing a multiple of 10, so it's a game we haven't played. So we'll oh, see yeah. what and We've that been talking brings. about what it is going to be today and that is, uh, has been an interesting conversation already. It's going to be good. Going to it with optimism. Well, let's hope so. Let's hope so. Well, so like I said, next week we'll be doing a game we've not done before. So join us for that. In the meantime, if you could join us on all the social media, we're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And if you could please like, share, subscribe, rate, and review as well, that would be much less appreciated. Yes, please. Thank you for listening, especially to such a fair, well, especially to such a niche episode. Yeah, um, all the way to the end. Especially well if you're staying to the end. Yeah, good for you. Uh, we will see you next week. Bye. Cheerio. Cheerio.